0: Welcome to
1: the Strange Harbors Podcast, a weekly discussion of all things film and television, My name is Jeff Zhang, and today I'm joined by
2: Amir Turet.
1: And I am Derek Wong.
0: This week, we are going to be discussing the state of cinema and where we see movies and theaters being after this whole COVID-19 pandemic. We'll start this conversation tonight with a little bit of a talk about maybe the current state of cinema and theaters as we see it right now. A good portion of our nation has been adhering to a shelter-in-place order for the last what do you guys say, month and a half, two months?
1: Have they really, though?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
2: unfortunately, not as much.
0: What that has meant is that there's been a lot of closures of stores, of restaurants, you know, parks, beaches, and, of course, movie theaters. I don't know my recollection. The last major movie to be in theaters that you could watch was the Vin Diesel vehicle, Bloodshot. I think that, um, before everything was kind of closed, and, uh, and then we started getting movies on VOD, right? And the big <laughs> right. notable one was Trolls
1: World Tour. Right. What was the last movie you guys saw in theaters? Oh, what
0: was oh, the last question you saw in theaters? It might have been Invisible Man, like around that time. Yeah. Yeah, I got to see that oh, in theaters.
1: Sounds about right. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, mine was The Invisible Man as well.
0: Going back to the whole Trolls World Tour, that movie made, you know, 100 million over three weeks after its VOD release. Technically, it made less money than the first Trolls movie, but then if you look at the kind of profit margins because of what movie theaters take from, you know, ticket sales, it actually was a more lucrative film for Universal. So this. And i kind of prompted Universal to make a statement that like, oh, maybe we'll consider releasing more movies in VOD, not even going into theaters. This statement really irked some of the major movie theater retailers like AMC and Regal Cinema and basically forced their hands to ban any and all future Universal movies being shown in the theaters. So that includes temples like the Fast franchise, which, you know, Fast 9 is going to come out next year. The new Jurassic World movie is going to be coming out next year. So technically, if the theaters stick to their guns, they're not going to show those movies, right? And, you know, we've had other movie studios kind of chime into and, and say like, oh, yeah, we'll definitely think about if it's smarter to just go VOD or go theaters. I mean, I've heard statements from Disney, uh, Paramount. So it's kind of interesting that those companies haven't had any repercussions Uh, thrusted towards them, but it seems like much of the the chagrin and much of the target has been universal so far.
1: I mean, Trolls World Tour was the one that came out and then their CEO came out and they're like, oh, it's such a success, right? That we're going to be doing this more often with our VOD releases simultaneously with, with our theatrical. So at first I was like firmly on the side of universal, not like on the side of universal, but like I thought what the theaters did was a massive overreaction to what the press release statement was. These theaters are already on their last legs. Like, AMC is declaring bankruptcy, and you're not going to play the Fast and Furious movies, the Jurassic Park franchise movies, the James Bond movies. Are you mental? Like, why would you shoot yourself in the foot like that? But the more I thought about it, or as the news story developed... I became a little more conflicted because what Universal actually said was that they were going to keep this practice going even after the reopening of the theater. Even after the end of the COVID-19 pandemic, that they would simultaneously release the movies theatrically and on demand, right? So I think that was the point where I was like, well, that I kind of understand because I can understand why the theaters would be upset about something like that right
2: but how much leverage do the
1: theaters have in this situation still so like do you guys know what the breakdown of the profit sharing is
0: between theaters and, and studios
1: yeah between theaters and studios versus the studio in a vod release do you guys know what the breakdown is wow
0: i think i read somewhere where it's about 50 50 with theaters. it is 50
1: 50 it's 50 50 with theaters and then the vod is 80 20 80 right okay yeah for the studio yeah there is an incentive for these studios to go with a vod release right Mm -hmm. but i think what it boils down to is that there's such a like massive inability to compromise here that's been kind of stifling the business like even before covid like theaters have not been doing well they've been on a decline since i don't know like The mid to late 2000s maybe like they've they've been on the decline for a really really long time and has nothing to do with the pandemic Mm -hmm. and it's just like the advent of the streaming services video on demand and there's just an inability to like compromise with the studios and like strike a balance between what each party needs right and it's been difficult i don't know what do you guys think
2: is it lack of flexibility on one party's part or the other party's part or is just that the the theaters don't really have much of a position. I don't know. It just seems to me like I don't really see how much of a position this, the uh, the theaters have here. If if the studios really are correct that VOD really can be this successful, I don't see what the theaters can do to get in the way. Especially since it seems like they're already in the weaker position.
1: I think it's people who are passionate about the theater going experience, maybe that's keeping the theaters alive at this point and it's not something that I want to see die either because I'm a big fan of the movie-going experience, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. There's just something about going to the theater, getting, like, concessions, and, like, that communal experience of, like, enjoying a movie, right? Yes, yes, yes. Going to see Avengers Endgame together or, like, really, like, uproarious comedy or something like that. It's it's a completely different experience from, like, watching that at home from the comfort of your couch. Yeah, right? yeah. And that energy and that, like communal experience is like huge part of that experience it's what makes me want to go to the movie
2: yeah i still remember like of so the movies we've seen happened to like seen together you know what i mean and like those experiences are so much fun and you don't yeah, get that yeah. if you're just sitting at home watching it separately on netflix or whatever yeah uh, exactly so yeah i mean that's definitely something that has appeal but i don't know is the market still going to be set up to deliver that experience for us i don't know
1: right and like i was also thinking like well, I really enjoy that, but how many other people are like me? I'm like, there right, can't be yeah. that many. But then again, if you think about it, there really are though, because people who bought into like the movie pass service or like the new AMC Stubbs A list, mm-hmm. they're obviously like us too, where they enjoy the movie going experience and they're willing to pay a monthly fee to be able to go see a big number of movies every week or every month right yeah so the the people are out there it's not like we're alone in this right we're we're somewhere like a select few no
2: i i think the idea of enjoying the theater going experience above and beyond just the experience of watching the movie itself is like an incredibly normal thing i think you get a large percent of the population to be with you far more people are into going and watching movies in the theater then there are people who, like, would have signed up from movie Pass or, like, Shudder or something.
0: Right, right. Exactly. I'm the same as you, Jeff. Like, I love the movie-going experience. I, I prefer to go to a movie rather than just having to watch it on my own TV. But to play Devil's Advocate here, if you think about it, these rentals are, what, like $20 right now for a new release? You can rent it at home. I mean, can you imagine once COVID's over and the shelter-in-place orders are over and... For 20 bucks, you can rent a movie, invite all of your friends over, you know, for 20 bucks, all of you can watch the movie in the comfort of your home. You can have like a, you could be like a dinner party and a movie, right? You can have much better food than you can get at a, a movie theater. Like people can contribute a dish or something, you know what I mean? So like it creates a new experience that's still communal and maybe could be better than a movie theater, because, you know, you don't, you're not forced to be completely quiet all the time and you're not sitting in uncomfortable chairs. You know, I know some theaters are not the most comfortable. And you don't have to drive anywhere, right? If you're the one hosting or whatever. So there right. is that argument.
1: I actually do think it's detrimental to the experience. To the cinematic experience. Because, okay, the big issue is this, this release window for the VOD, right? It's anywhere between like 60 to 90 days or like even longer, like 120 days from the theatrical release to when it can be played on VOD or on demand, right? I think the compromise lies in shortening that window. I don't think the theaters want to budge on that, where they want to wait as long as possible to bring those movies to VOD because it's going to impact the box office, right? Their box office receipts. Right. I do think that having things on VOD or streaming is detrimental to the experience because... What happened was that Netflix was not willing to adhere to the Irishman's distribution window for theaters. So the theaters just didn't play the Irishman in theaters at all. They refused to distribute the the movie. So that's why it it ended up only on Netflix when it could have been in theaters. And that, I think, is an example of a movie that kind of suffered because it was only on Netflix. Because I would have much rather have seen it in one sitting, in a cinema, right? So I did
2: see it in one sitting in a cinema, actually. You did? Okay, Um, when when, when was
1: that released?
2: That that must have been after the Netflix release, right? No, I think it was before. I feel like it was, this was like late November. It was like like one of these little artsy theaters in New York. It was like a very limited release or something, but like it was, it was like late November, I think, right before it was available on Netflix. I was talking to people about it, and they're like, "Oh, that's next week," and I was like, "Wait, what?" I already saw it in theater, Um, and I think because the length of that movie, it actually would have been more difficult to watch in a VOD Netflix format. Like, if you have any like amount of A D D at all, you could just like I can't see you sitting there for three hours, you know? Yeah. But in the theater, I was just like completely uh, enraptured. So.
1: Yeah, because it had a it had its world premiere, but then it wasn't available in. It was a very limited theatrical release. I think they yeah. didn't do a wide. Yes, no. Um,
0: Basically, so the the big, the big the chains thing. like AMC and Regal said that they wouldn't play it in their theaters. You know, yeah. for the very same reasons we've been talking about, right? They they were going to go straight to Netflix. It was going to be this Netflix hit, so um, to kind of rebel against that, they weren't going to play it in theaters. I, I understand what you're saying, Jeff. Yes, I think the movie would have been better if I wasn't so distracted at home sometimes or had the ability to kind of pause it. But I think about how many more people might have seen it because it was so easily or readily available. That is true. That is true. Like, I don't know how many people would have wanted to go see a three and a half hour or whatever Martin Scorsese movie in a theater, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we would have all, I'm pretty sure. But it, it goes back to like how many people really love Martin Scorsese or really wanted to see this combination of De Niro and Pacino again and and, right. and Scorsese all in one film. Like how many people would that have drawn into the theater? I don't know. We don't, we'll never know, I guess.
1: Right. But that, that goes back to like the, the compromise on the release window to mm-hmm. VOD or streaming, right? Like if you if you compromise on that and make that window shorter um then you can i don't wanna say you can have your cake and eat it too, but like it's pretty close. You get your big box office receipts in like the opening days, you have the big premiere, do all the events, and like people go to the theaters, and then I don't know maybe thirty forty five days later it comes out on streaming yeah no i I totally agree with you, I think that is a good compromise, like it's something where they would
0: still get to show it in theaters and people maybe like us or people that really want to see it on a big screen, they will. Right. I mean, let's, let's be honest box office sales, you know, really the, the brunt of them are in the first month anyway. Right. Yeah. After a month, it really kind of drops off unless the movie really has legs. You're really going to see most of your profit in, in
1: that first four weeks. Right. And also it's still way too early to tell, right? Because yeah. the movies that have been released ...on VOD instead of theaters because of the lockdown... ...there aren't that many of them. No. Right. If you're talking about it, like... ...Trolls World Tour is really the... Only one we only can Only really one? About. There's no real barometer for this. So, like... Yeah. So, like, I'm going down the list of movies that were released early because of coronavirus, right? You have, like, Onward, The Invisible Man, The Hunt, Emma, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Those don't really count because they were already released in theaters... And mm-hmm. then they were pushed to streaming just a little earlier, right? Yeah. Trolls World Tour is like the big one that was solely brought to VOD and streaming. I mean, yep. Scoob, maybe? Like, I'm looking down the list. All of these movies were actually released.
0: Yeah, most of the movies were already released in theaters for a portion of the time to so you could watch it if right. you wanted to. And then just because of the whole pandemic, then you can now early access kind of VOD it. Right. Come next year, if the thing with Universal and the theaters hasn't resolved itself somehow, I think that will be a good barometer, right? Mm-hmm. Right? If, if Fast and the Furious is, is solely VOD and that's the only way for us to watch it, that's going to be an interesting
2: thing to observe. That's not a movie series you want to watch on VOD. Yeah. That's a movie you want to go to the theater to see.
0: You don't, but if that's the only way
2: to see it. Right. Yeah, you will do it, but... I mean, I think that's a series that would suffer.
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: The theories can also just be like, yeah, we were kidding. No big deal. We're actually going to release uh, Universal movies after all. Like, there's nothing stopping them from just being like, actually, we miscalculated. Let's go back to the status quo. Except for maybe Universal saying, well, no, actually, we want a better deal now. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. This feels like a very costless move at this point because... Like, well it could be completely paradigm shifting. I don't think anyone's locked in. You could just be like, right. oh, actually the experiment didn't work. Let's just go back to the old like,
1: What does it to cost you? A little bit back. of your pride, right?
2: Right. But I feel like you yeah. could just you could just easily be like, oh hey, oops, actually, it turns we out we VOD. Yeah. Oops. Turns out VOD isn't as profitable as we thought. You know, Universal has to come crawling back at the studios, which sounds less likely than the than the obverse. The studio's saying, actually we are willing to negotiate and let's make a deal.
1: Right. Like what you're saying is it doesn't have to be the all out war that people are Claiming this is, right?
2: No, not at all. I feel like it's... it's And there's still so many uncertainties and everything that, like, I feel like it'd be very easy for people to still backtrack without getting too much egg on their faces. Once this becomes baked in in, you know, I don't know, six months or next year, that's when you might see heads start to roll for miscalculating this thing.
1: Yeah. You know what? I would have liked to see one of the big Disney releases experiment with the VOD just to see what it would be like. I would have liked to see them, like, Pull the trigger on like Black Widow or something like that, or Mulan. Know, that would have been cool, or Mulan exactly. Instead, instead we're getting fucking Artemis Fowl on the yeah. twelfth, which was, which has been in a development hell for for years and years. So um, they're just dumping that on Disney Plus. So there is one movie and one director
0: that is really hoping that the theaters stay alive. Is you know Christopher Nolan and his july release of tenet and mm-hmm. I, I think that this is a huge tentpole that will really give a good gauge of if if people feel like they're ready to go back to theaters i mean i they haven't moved from this july date yet and we don't know yet if, if it's going to get moved but come july do you guys think it's still really going to stick to this date
1: i don't know uh, well i mean did yeah. you guys watch the new trailer no no, I didn't see Trying to say stay that away actually. from the trailer.
2: Okay. But it, uh, it seems like a good bet just if you look at how the country seems to be opening up at such a rapid pace. I mean, this gets into like coronavirus speculation, but, you know, if we don't see some kind of huge second spike in coronavirus uh, cases and deaths, or if we don't see, or if we do see that spike, but we don't get a big reaction to it and people just kind of brush it under the rug and just, you know, kind of deal with it, it's already baked in. Then we may be able to see a pretty early reopening and tenant might actually do quite well. I don't know. It looks right now as if Nolan made the right bet. I mean, it looks like things are opening up pretty quickly here and we're not even into June yet.
1: Yeah. But you're also like seeing stories of townships like reopening and then it's like a disaster, right? Because like you had that one salon in Missouri or whatever that reopened and the guy had COVID and then he gave it to like 150 of his clients. Yeah it's insane like that has to be happening more and more and like you're only seeing like the tip of the iceberg when it comes to people reinfecting the populace and stuff like that like you i don't know for me like this july date seems very dangerous it's very optimistic i'm not willing to go to the theaters at that point i don't think especially now that really I don't think so. Cause like now that there's this like Kawasaki syndrome that's linked to the coronavirus that's only affecting young children, I have a seven month old at home. Like I can't risk yeah. the thrill of seeing a Christopher Nolan and harming my child. That's, I'm not willing to do that. Right. To add to your point, Amir,
0: yes, maybe our country looks like it's starting to try to move forward. Um, whether we all feel it's safe or not, I mean, it's it's clear that parts of our country are trying to reopen, move into a second phase, right? Um, I know California, a lot of counties and cities have moved into what they call phase two, which is allowing people to like now go back and actually use dine-in restaurants, right? Some more stores are opening up. But that's just America. I mean, if we think about movies, it's also a very international thing, right? No longer is the U.S. really the the box office king that it used to be. I mean, you really have to consider international numbers, too. So even though we're ready, if the rest of the world is not ready, then some studios might be like, well, we're not going to get that market. We'll wait until that market's open, too, right? Especially something as big as China's market and Tenet being... What it is, I if even if we're ready and China isn't, I don't know if it's going to open.
1: Yeah, but like if you guys have seen the latest trailer, which you haven't, then there's no release date on it anymore. It doesn't say July anymore. It just says oh, coming soon. Spicy. It might be Christopher Nolan hedging his bets. Well, I mean, I don't know how much say Christopher Nolan has in the actual release date. I'm sure he has some, but I'm sure it's like the studio and the theaters and all that stuff. But there's no re- release date on that, so it might be them like hedging their bets, being or like or being a little more cautious, you know, uh, just in case they have to break that release date of mid July, right?
0: I could definitely see a world where they release it sometime in July or maybe even August or whatever, and maybe people don't show up, right? I mean, it becomes this huge bomb because people just don't want to risk it, right? There's that option too. I mean, I'm with Jeff. Like I want to, I really want to go back. I really want to go back and watch movies in theaters. Like I I miss it so much, but I have other people to think about than just myself. Right. Choice to go to a theater and expose myself. You know, I can make the choice for myself to put myself at risk, but then I'm also making that choice for my fiance or anybody I might come in contact with. And I don't know if I want to risk that.
1: And, like, the theater experience, like, people are kind of balking at the $20 price tag on these VODs, but, like, going to the theater costs way more than that, especially if you're getting, like, concessions and things like that, right? Two tickets alone yeah. is, like is, like, $40, right? Yeah. So, there's also something like, like that.
2: Yeah, but you're not getting the experience with the
1: $20 VOD. Yeah, you're like not. Like, you're not getting that experience, exactly. So, like, exactly. you feel, so, feel kind of ripped
2: off. Like, I don't know, uh, that feels bad, man. That's, what, more than a month of Netflix? Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, if you put it that way, it's it's all a matter of perspective, right?
2: Well, yeah, of course, right? But, I mean, like you said, it's less than a single ticket. But it feels pretty rough. I guess in the context of an event, like what Derek was suggesting, like a sort of a you know watch party in a VOD format, kind
1: of replicate that experience, maybe that would make it feel better. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But do you think, then, theaters need to be redesigned? Or is it too early to think that we need to redesign them? Because I've seen, you know, airplanes, cabins being redesigned. I've seen... You mean, like, like
1: in terms of social distancing? Yeah. I mean, I don't think you need to redesign. You just need to make sure there's enough space between the seats. Or, like, have, like, I don't know, mannequins or some shit. Or, like, just a marking on the seats to just to reduce the capacity, Right.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you have those chairs that fold up, you just, you know, strap them up, strap them closed or whatever. You know, you can do things that don't require, like, full-on, you know, remodeling.
1: Right, exactly. You don't need to gut
2: the place, right? To... But, yeah, that, that diminished capacity is also going to be a huge deal, right? Like, unlike, Yeah. Unlike, a, unlike, our, unlike an outdoor restaurant, you can't, like, spread out and socially distance, right? You're just drastically cutting the volume of people who can go see anyone show. Yeah. Strong. like...
1: If you're thinking about like the box office for something like Tenet, you you I think you're kidding yourself if you think like even if the whole country reopens that the box office isn't going to be impacted somehow negatively, right?
2: Yeah, well, there's
1: definitely going to be people who are cautious and they want to they don't want to take the chance, like I wouldn't I wouldn't take the chance if they opened up like June or July, right? It it's definitely going to have an impact and we're just going to have to deal with it. And like I think if the theaters can get bailed out or like if they can tough it out somehow i think they will survive this but i think this is a very sobering look at like how the market works between like the studios and the theaters and the streaming services and i think it's healthy for the business to like reevaluate all these relationships right we'll see where it takes us
0: but uh sorry to go back to the point of like, redesigning. But I I think you you make a good point, Amir, that maybe there's a way to just make sure seats don't get, like, put down. But, like, I could see it being a situation where, you know, you could tell people to not sit so close to each other. But, honestly, unless you have an employee there, you know, standing in the theater the whole time watching their audience, like, what's
2: to stop people from still... You might have to. Well, well, you're only going to sell so many tickets to, to a particular theater. But let's say it's
0: half capacity, but then they just take up three consecutive rows, right? Like
2: like the three, the three best rows or something. Yeah, yeah. You need someone to like an usher or someone to be like, "Hey, you can't sit there," which I think is fine. And I mean, I don't think people want to be on top of strangers anyway. So
0: yeah. But let's be honest. We've seen the videos. We've seen the confrontations. There's going to be an asshole who doesn't think
1: that they can be told what to do in a theater. It's absolutely true. Man, this shit is, like, so politicized. I can't – only in America, right? I was going to
2: say, like, you know, if you're trying to put this movie out in June, July, you're betting that – you're almost making a bet on the political persuasion of your audience.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. There's going to be that person who is going to react like, you told me not to do this? Well, I'm just going to
1: do it because you told me not to do it. Right. I did not expect Christopher Nolan to be a Trump supporter. <laughs> so no,
0: <I'm> <laughs> yeah, man, you heard it here first, guys. No, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, have you, have either of you considered? Uh, I've I've been thinking about it just because I want to get out of the house, uh, visiting
1: like a a drive-in or anything like that. I considered like opening a drive-in.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Half kidding. I don't know. There's so many like open lots and. Uh, uh, Long Island City where I live, so like I've definitely entertained. Them. But like realistically, how much money can you really make from like a drive-in? Your lot would have to be really, really big because like maximum like what four or five people coming in in one car, and mm-hmm. like that space economy is just not there to support like a sound yeah. business model. I don't think. Um, yeah. Not to mention that I don't know people are still. Under shelter and place orders and stuff like that. I don't know. I think it's a
2: pipe dream. How much would you pay for those tickets if there was a drive in theater near you for, like, I don't know, tenant or something? How much would you pay? I don't know, actually. I don't think I would pay that much. Really? Would you go double? Would you go to 40 bucks a ticket?
0: No, no, way. no, no way. Not for a drive-in. Drive-ins, if anything, I think of, they have to be cheaper than a, a yeah. regular yeah. regular. Theater. I don't know how much money they're going to make
2: if it's cheaper. Because they're not selling you concessions or anything either, right? I guess they could, but...
1: They could sell you concessions.
2: I guess they could still sell you concessions and stuff. I guess they could.
0: It would probably have to be a model where, like, you'd have to somehow order concessions and then they bring it to your car. Yeah. Right. Right? You could do something like that. I know drive-ins, like, the theater, it's big, but it's not, like, the best screen. Sound quality's coming through your car, so it's not as good. So, like, it is a less experience, or lesser experience. So I would not want to be paying more for it, just because it's tenant, you know?
1: Yeah, I just feel like those outdoor projector screens are not up to par with, like, your 8K, like, IMAX screens in the theater, you know? Right. Also, completely unrelated, I'm still mad about, like how many fake IMAX screens are in New York City. Shit's fucking ridiculous. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's, it's harder and harder.
1: LA2. Drop, drop
0: some knowledge for people who don't know about this.
1: Okay, the last time I checked, there was only one real IMAX. I think it's changed to two. I think the Times Square one does have a real IMAX now, but it used to only be the Lincoln Square. Lincoln Center. Lincoln Square yeah, area. the Lincoln Center, Lincoln Square Theater that had the real... Actual IMAX, which was whatever size that was gigantic, because like most of the theaters that you go into now, they have like the updated HD four K like resolution screens, but like the IMAX screens are still just normal, maybe a little bit bigger size movie screens. But like if you go into a real IMAX, if you have to think about whether it's a real IMAX screen or not, it's not a real IMAX because you go to <laughs> one of those things and those things are like towering, right? Like you yeah. immediately know that you're in an IMAX theater. And That's like shocking. They charge the same amount though, too, mm-hmm. for, for those. Then like and there's only like one or two that are real. It's ridiculous. I've been gypped so many times by going to a fake IMAX screen. So yeah, PSA, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, and I
0: think if if you're in LA, I think it's
1: the last I read. It was down to two, down to two. Yeah.
2: So are these promoted as IMAX? Like, what does it actually? They saying? are how promoted do you tell, as you, IMAX. So also, how do you tell the difference?
1: I have no idea. I think it,
0: there's there's a screen ratio. Like it's the like just saying these screens are much bigger. Yeah. Um. So there's that, and then I think but who pays? I mean, nowadays. For that? I mean, nowadays right, it's yeah. like. like Nowadays, I mean, it used to be the camera was also a big deal, but then a lot of these theaters that are using newer camera camera technology, and I mean, the quality is still also very, very good. So it's, I, I see what you're saying. Like, I don't ever go to like an IMAX and like an AMC or like a Regal, <laughs> you know, um, for me, like, you know, I'm in LA, so like, I'll go to the, when I was in LA. If I really wanted to see like this big tentpole movie with the large screen and a great projector, I always went to the the TLC, which is the old man's Chinese theater. That theater is amazing in LA and I right, would right, always right. go there. So, I, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, Jeff, and, and IMAX is a lot harder to find. But I've kind of given up on, on going to like the real IMAX theater. <laughs> right. Like a couple years ago, it was this theater and then like, it was like this handful of theaters, and then I well, last time I read it was like only these two. So it's like it's hard to keep up, which is so sad.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I mean, I another tangent. I'm glad that 3D is not really a thing as much anymore. Has it died? Or did it die? I don't see many mo- like movies being pushed as 3D as much as it used to be, like a couple years
2: ago. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm glad. I'm glad about that. So is it just annoying to wear glasses and 3D goggles? Or, like, why are you anti-3D? It's,
1: it's a nightmare. I
2: hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's because I have glasses. That yeah, Okay. I so this it. is, like, a glasses thing.
0: But it's also, like, my fiancé gets motion sickness pretty easily. And sometimes the 3D-ness triggers it pretty heavily. And she doesn't like watching it. Not movies and 3D either. Yeah. So it, it's rough. Like, some people, it, it becomes a lesser experience for them because you have to put those glasses on.
1: Yeah. I can't wear glasses on top of my glasses. I just can't do it. Yeah. That's the um, genetically superior specimen.
2: I wear glasses. <laughs> and so I'm able to comfortably wear 3D goggles. And I'm here to tell all the listeners to watch as many 3D movies as you can. So you can stunt on these weak-jeaned uh, glasses-wearing bitches. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but, yeah, I, I think, I mean, t- to recap a little bit. You know, I I don't want to see the movie theater experience go away, but it's kind of like just saying at the beginning, it's it's even it's before being this forced to evolve,
1: right? I yeah,
0: mean, uh... yeah, e- because even before the pandemic, I mean, you definitely saw the numbers, uh, you know, dwindling mm-hmm. in the sense that. Less people are going to the movies, and movies aren't making as much as they used to. Even though something like Avengers Endgame just like completely blows that number out of the out of the park. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, me wanting to always go to theaters, me loving theaters, like I wish it will never go away. But then, if it has to, at least you know I can take in the comfort that you know I could still like host parties and viewing or watching parties or whatever. Like that could be kind of fun. Yeah. I don't know. So, uh,
2: so, we didn't, I feel like we didn't really address, like, the big question. Like, I don't know, a big question, or not the big question. Like, is it gonna be good for movies going yeah. from, like, theater to VOD? I don't mean the experience, I mean for, like, the art form of cinema. Is it gonna be, is it necessarily bad? Or could it, could it actually be, like, lead to, like, more innovation and more creativity and, like, less of a studio stranglehold on things?
1: I think it could be a good thing because, um, Not too many people right now take VOD seriously. I know people like watch streaming and, like, you know, with Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime and Disney Plus, but like the video on demand, I think, is like a dark horse when it comes to releases. And I think this pandemic is shining a light on the VOD portion of the home viewing experience. And I think that's good because. Before, like, this, and, like, even now, you have a lot of, like, indie films that premiered just on VOD, uh, right? And I think not many people pay attention to it, so it's, like, it's almost, like, unsung, right? People don't really actually go in droves to, like, purchase these pay-per-view or VOD releases, right? But I think now that these big poles are... Coming to VOD because they don't have any other choice. More people are having their eyeballs on this platform, right? And I think that's great for like independent filmmakers and and people who don't have like the budget uh,
2: or or the funds to get like major studio backing. You're seeing a rising tide of salt boats as VOD becomes more popular overall with mainstream and more mainstream. All these little indie studios.
1: Yeah, I think so. They get more. They get more visibility.
2: Yeah, right, Yeah. But then what about like mainstream releases coming in just crowding out the indie things? Could that be a thing that happens?
1: Um that could also happen, but I also think like just having more eyeballs on it like if you have like avengers 6 or something right next to like a indie superhero movie in the same genre while you're scrolling through the vod screen then that's that's great right that's true yeah i think it's a good thing uh just just the extra exposure that's the way it's been for like horror for a long time so a lot of like these under the radar like horror gems are like vod only right and like they come out and then like no one really pays attention to them but then they get like a cult following, right? Um, they never really see a wide theatrical release. So that's just the way it's been for that genre for a long time. So it'll it'll be nice to get some visibility in that in that regard. Yeah.
2: So then here is the other, like, kind of linked question: like, does the distribution, whether you see the movie in VOD or in theaters, have like a Backwards effect on the way the movie is like funded and produced and designed and or is it just like the same process and just like the end distribution channel is different?
1: I don't know I think it I think it's too early to tell. I think you need a bigger sample size of these VOD movies coming out um especially like these big studio movies doing this. Um, and see how it impacts like the revenue that they're generating, like how much money they're making for the studio, right? I don't know. I don't know if that 80-20 split is going to stay the same between the studio and uh, VOD and, and VOD. If so. if it does, does
2: it does it make the studios like more conservative or less? So are they going to take more risks and like then like start spreading the money out to like little indie indie films or even medium sized films, or do, do 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 they stick with the big blockbuster sort of like format that we're sort of in now, where there's, like, kind of an excluded middle, and you get a lot of huge mega blockbusters.
1: and like, Uh, sadly, I do think that things are still gonna skew towards big budget, because those are the flashy things that make money, right? And I don't know. You don't think VOD provides
2: a way around that? Like, hey, like...
1: Maybe a little bit, but, like, I feel like Greed will still prevail, where they want, like, the big, massive hits, right?
2: Um Yeah, I'm just thinking that, like, I don't know, maybe, like, because the distribution is so flat, you don't have to, like, get people to actually leave their house and go to the movie. Like, they just have to, like, scroll to it. That maybe yeah. That, that maybe that, like, advantages the smaller movie compared to the bigger movie. Right? Like, a lot of these bigger movies are big because of all the, of the advertising, you just can't get away from. Right, that, right, 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 right. But if you're just, like, like you said, it just in Netflix scrolling and, like... You just see something in the same genre that's an indie film. Like, maybe that's actually, you know, I'm kind of buying into your argument. Maybe that's actually good. Maybe, right.
1: But, like, I also think that a lot of these streaming services need to, like, upgrade their recommendation engines. Where, like, what they're recommending isn't, like, a fucking joke. Right? Um, largely, like, Netflix's, like, recommendations are trash. Their top ten trending things are, it's, like, worthless garbage. Like, it's all, it's all crap. Right, and like the good things that are on the platform aren't being pushed um, to where they need to be. I guess I don't know. Um, I'm I'm gonna log on to Netflix right now
2: see see what the top ten is. I guess Netflix has like I feel like Netflix maybe has a, a a relatively weak incentive to have a good recommendation engine, right? Because like yeah, okay, like if the recommendation engine is bad, maybe you use Netflix less, and then eventually you decide to cancel your sub or something. But they kinda don't give a shit, right? Like it's really like the creators and the studios and such who would benefit from a good rep and the and the end user who would benefit from a good recommendation engine. And I don't oh. know if Netflix cares as long as you're paying them their you know fourteen dollars a month or however much it is. Yeah, right? yeah. Like so I don't it's just maybe it's just not a lot of bang for their buck to make this a good feature. I don't know.
1: Top ten in the US today. Sweet Magnolias, never even heard of it. It's nice to see Avatar The Last Airbender in the number two spot, though. That 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 is a legitimately... Cartoon? The great. cartoon? The cartoon, yes, not the movie. Uh,
2: oh, okay. I, th- I thought that we were going to have a revisionist take here. I was like, all right, I'm all for it. Let's talk about why Avatar's a great movie. <laughs> no. I, <laughs> underappreciated I no, Night Shyamalan masterpiece. The official Strange Harbors take. <laughs> number, number
1: three is uh, The Lovebirds, that uh, Kumel Nanjani movie. That was actually a theatrical release that was supposed to be getting a wide release, but now it's just on Netflix. Um, mm-hmm. Netflix bought it from
0: Paramount.
1: Yeah. Yeah, released it um, uh, through Netflix. Not a great movie. It was not good. Yeah, uh, sorry. Right. That David Spade movie is number four. Number five is that Jennifer Aniston, Adam Sandler movie from a few years ago. Like These recommendations are pretty... This ranking is like, whatever, you know? That's the Netflix UI for you. So, But
0: uh, just to take your question down a different avenue, Amir, your, your original question about is is VODs good for movies? I mean, I would like to say that partially no, because we've already seen the effect it had on the Irishman. I mean, the movie going experience was very different for that movie because it was so long right? Mm-hmm. That I've heard plenty of people. I myself had to pause it a couple, I paused it a couple of times, right? Because I, I just couldn't find a three and a half hour sitting to watch the whole thing right. or whatever. Then does it become this trickle down effect where like people are like, well, now we can't make movies that long, right? Or do we just break up a movie into two parts? So you can watch part one and then watch part two right away, right? Like, there's all these different things that would i think could potentially change the way movies are formatted or what kind of content you put into movies right well first of all there
1: are very very few filmmakers that even have the right to make a 3 hour movie uh, yeah <laughs> 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 and That's true. Martin, Martin well Scorsese he's one of them but like well said i i typically do not have the patience for for a self indulgent 3 hour movie um but yeah i that's that's a good point. That is a good point you're making. Positives and negatives. Um, I think I'm still in the
0: stance of I don't want movie theaters to go away. I want to be able to go to a theater. Oh, yeah, so. of course. I think we're all on the same page.
2: Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying I want movie theaters to go away. I'm yeah. just saying, like, and, I'm, and I'm not, I don't have like a strong attachment to any side of the argument. I'm just uh, Yeah. regarding whether VOD is good or bad, I'm just wondering, like, what are the knock-on effects going to be? Are we going to see some kind of shake-up in the movie landscape where you're just going to continue to have, I don't know, uh, as much as they're fun, like superhero sequel movies till the end of time, like mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it'd be nice if anything could shake up that paradigm.
1: Yeah, so I, I I think the saving grace of the cinematic experience is gonna lie in the hands of compromise, right? Like it's forcing this negotiation, and I I I think in some regards, it's it's good for the industry. It's it's been a long time coming, and this pandemic has just really pushed. Everything together where they have to make some sort of negotiation, right, so yeah,
0: do you guys have anything else or no,
1: I think uh, I think that's it, yeah, all right, well, I
0: guess that will conclude this week's episode. uh Jeff, where can people find you?
1: Yeah, you can find me on my blog at strangeharbors.com dot com and you can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at uh strange harbors. What about you guys? uh you um, could find me at the wrong day, day is spelled d a
0: Y I K, and that's for Instagram, Twitter, and Letterbox. If you liked this show, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we want to get our podcast out to many, many more people, and one of the best ways you can support this podcast is to give us a good ratings on iTunes. Definitely give us five stars, please, if you guys can. And like I said, subscribe to us wherever you guys get your podcasts, whether it be uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher.
1: Yeah, and um, if you have any comments, questions, suggestions. Please send us an email at jeff at strangeharbors uh, We love receiving email and messages from our fans and listeners, and uh, we sometimes even read them on the podcast. So feel free to send us a line if you want. Um, yeah. So also next week um, we'll be taking a little bit of a break, and then we're g- we're going to come back with a new format. So we'll do a little of announcements uh, in the meantime. So stay tuned for that. Um and we're going to be taking this podcast in an, an exciting new direction. So
2: Yep, all um, books. All yeah. books. <laughs> yeah, books. Books. We're gonna be
1: reviewing audiobooks. <laughs> uh, audiobooks. First up is uh Chaucer's Canterbury Tales. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you guys got enough of that in uh in school, because uh she's coming back with a vengeance. <laughs> And then
0: we'll watch the, what, Angelina Jolie, Anthony Hopkins, Beowulf movie. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Very good. No, yeah, we're not going to do that. Um, <laughs> yeah.
1: We're, we're just kidding. Please don't please don't listen to us. <laughs> when, when we yeah. say that, that's not what's yeah, going to yeah, yeah. happen.
0: <laughs> yeah, but uh, like Jeff said, we're going to switch up the format a little bit because I think we're just a tease we're going to go back to our roots a little bit. Um, if you've kind of listened to our podcast since the beginning. In lieu of a, an episode next week, we'll probably just do a little bit of announcement. Yeah, sounds great.
2: So see you guys Um, uh, next week, very briefly. Yeah, see you next week, everybody. See you guys.